Welcome to The Raise Podcast. I'm Carol Barwick. We're here to raise your confidence and inspire your creativity. Each episode, we will have a different guest who will be discussing our Raise Word. The Raise Word is a word that will encourage you or empower you and at times inspire you to explore the word a little more for yourself. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to The Raise Podcast. I'm Carol Barwick. We've looked at lots of different words so far. We've looked at hope. We've looked at harmony. And today we're going to look at a word that affects everybody. We're going to look at the word family. Now, as this comes out, it is the Jubilee weekend. And so I wanted to do something that was a little bit around the Jubilee and uh, royalty. Uh, And as you'll hear from Joe and myself, we have both got rather lovely accents, haven't we, Joe? My accent is, yes, very lovely. Exactly. But neither of us are royalty. Um, Although, let's say that I'm talking to um, author royalty this morning. So I will introduce her, the lovely Joanne Gilchrist. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing? Hello. Good morning or good evening or good night. Thank you. Thank you for hitting all of the listeners across <laughs> across the globe. Well, that was a rambly introduction, wasn't it? Never mind. <laughs> Morning. Um, so, Joe, before we kind of dive into all the different things that you do and the way that you um, help families and enable families, what does the word family mean to you? Family. Wow. Well, I suppose it's been a bit of a conflicting word for me, I think. I think family obviously is very important. And growing up though, I think I wanted to escape my family quite often and try to sort of um, stretch my own wings and and find my own place in the world. And so uh, I did a gap year and tried to get far away and was very disappointed that I only managed to get as far as Belgium. I chose a university that was um, in Bournemouth, which was miles away from rugby. And then I moved to New Zealand after I got married and lived on the other side of the world for my family. And I think for me, it was important actually um, as a way of, of finding things about myself and being able to, like I say, stretch my wings, I think. But after quite a number of years without family, I began to, I guess, realise actually just how important how important it is and really how hard it is to live on the other side of the world from family. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you're talking um, about kind of escaping family. And yet, am I right in thinking that um, you were married when you went over to New Zealand? Yeah, so I started my, I was starting my own, I guess, little branch of the family tree at that point. Um, yes, married, then went to New Zealand. So we, we started our own little family over there. Um, and it is really difficult, actually, raising children without the extended family around and they were amazing they came and visited quite a few times especially once when I was really ill so even though I um, tried my best to fly away they actually have always been hugely supportive even even then no matter what so my extended family are amazing and my my little family so I have three children now Mm. 11 uh, 13 and four and they're all girls and they're fabulous so interesting, you kind of were trying to escape one family and dive straight into another <laughs> another family. I think it's the idea that family really is 
kind of forever, isn't it? It's it's all around. And even though um, sadly many of our our listeners will have had losses of, of family in multiple different ways. Um, family is, is, it's there, isn't it? It's just all around. How much do you think um, you're going to different places kind of formed wanting to belong? Like where did, where did that fit into everything? Well, I think I, I always felt the odd one out in my own family okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was quite teased by my siblings. I really resented being teased by my younger siblings because, you know, when you're the older sister, you kind of feel like you have some right and authority. But my younger siblings, once they got to a certain age, quite enjoyed ganging up on me. And <laughs> so I always felt like the odd one out in my family. I would say things and they just they just wouldn't get it. They just would laugh. I remember it was, there's this one time where I saw this, we were, we were on holiday in Scotland and there was this um, cow and you couldn't see the front of the cow. You could only see the back of it and its tail was swinging. And when I, when I was looking at it, I was like, what is that over there? It looks like a big rock with a sock hanging off it. <laughs> and that was the next 10 years of wow. mercilessly ribbing me. Oh, look, a sock with a rock with a sock. Look, is that another rock with a sock? Do you want? And I'm like, what was so wrong about saying that looks like a rock with a sock, but apparently that that was years worth of teasing. So I do think I I did, always felt a bit odd and a bit different and a bit strange in my little family. And yeah, and that definitely um, set me on a, a course of looking for acceptance and love in, in other ways. And my first book, Looking for Love, kind of writes about that, about my search for, for longing and to be fulfilled in... Um, and I, well, I thought I was looking for a husband at the time, but um, it's actually my journey of discovering discovering God and how he fulfills that unique space in our lives that no one else can. Yeah, tell us, tell us a little bit about um, what it is that you kind of do in the business world, because I actually met you through our Lions family. So for um, those of you that don't know that the Lions is a kind of a, a dragon's den um type situation but in a christian context and it's a a year of studying together and i was very blessed to meet joe very early on in our lion's journey um and the idea is that um you can pitch your business idea um for seed funding and i actually started off with rays and all the different things that we did and the story times and the choirs and then once I, I I got ill from COVID I ended up pitching the podcast so it really changed but tell us a little bit about um what what you do and what uh yeah what your what your business is all about Joe. okay um I do struggle to put myself in the business person's model because my incentive has, has never been to make money which is kind of what a business is about um so like I say I've always felt like an odd one out whatever crowd I'm in and <laughs> um, but my I started writing I started writing when we moved back from New Zealand to England my children were three and five and um as the three-year-old was about to start school I was I was very aware of well what what about me I can't go back to what I did before because that was in New Zealand and we're not there anymore um and we'd moved, we've moved back to England because my husband was offered a job and a position, but you know, what about me? Um, 
And I, and I really felt that it, it was time to write. Writing is a love that I had as a child. I loved writing. I was always found at break time and lunchtime on the, on the computers, which were brand new at the time, computers <laughs> in our school. Not that you're showing your age. This was the mid nineties. <laughs> yeah. Com, com, actually, I, I did actually start writing my first poem on our little Amstrad. Our family were quite advanced. We had this Amstrad with a word processor on it um, that you had to type capital B either side of your sentence if you wanted it in bold you know that kind of thing I bet so many of our listeners right now nodding their heads going yep, yep remember. remember the old Amstrad <laughs> we had to actually type in all the code to play a game and it took days and days and if you got one thing wrong you had to start the whole thing again <laughs> so yeah but then I got to a, a, an age and I was like oh I don't I don't have anything to write I don't have anything to say um and forgot about writing it sort of laid dormant for a while and then when we moved back to England, that's when I felt that it was time to start writing again. Felt um, that was what I was meant to do. Um, so I started writing my story. Looking, looking for love is my story about when I was single. Um, and then I also started writing for children. I had children and I, I wanted to write stuff for them. We would always have little kind of devotion times in the evening, which is where we'd, we'd read a little Bible passage and then we'd ask questions and explore it. And I wanted to write my own based on on the character of God, who God mm. is in the Bible. Um, so I started writing my own. I shared it with other people. Um, and someone said, well, why don't you turn it into an app? Because then it's less like homework and it's more fun. Mm. And that's how God for Kids was born. And presumably the app's not on Amstrad. That's definitely not an Amstrad. <laughs> no. Yeah, just in the app stores and App Store and Google Play. And, and it's been there for six years. I've um, and I've added to it and we've been revamping it. My pitch with the lions was, was money to revamp it. And it's just been revamped in the last few weeks. Brilliant. It looks completely different now. Um, I've, I've been writing other stories um, that are published books. By the end of this year, we'll have a series of four books, the Animals of Even Valley series. First one is out already called Who Made God? And then I do some freelance writing as well for another app called Sun School. Busy, busy mum, busy, yes. busy lady. Yeah. I'm doing lots. It's uh, it's fantastic, isn't it? When you become a mum, if you are so inclined, you do have a ready-made uh, kind of focus group, don't you? A ready-made audience. I found that for quite a long time. I I called um, my son my colleague and uh, mm -hmm. he was the kind of the poster boy. So he sang all my kids' songs for me and we videoed it and things like that. Um, and uh, I think I'm right in thinking that does your uh, your daughter's name is in in uh, the books. Is that right? Yes. One of the books called Why Can't I See God is the character Eve is is named after my daughter Eve. I think yeah. I think I, I'm not actually sure which one came first. I think I think my daughter came first and the character was named after her. They kind of coincided at a similar time. Um, my other daughters do the voiceovers for the for the app so Gabby my eldest does lots of voiceovers on God for Kids app and Bryony does some when I can get her to but she's a little bit shy but she actually is fantastic she's she's an amazing she's an amazing voiceover artist I wish I could get her to do more but she'd rather not and I'm not gonna force her to do that but it does make it a very family app my husband does a few voiceovers too it does make it a family app because at the end of the day I didn't you know I wasn't doing it to make money. I was on a budget. So you just yeah. use what you've got, don't you? And my family were happy to get involved. And Gabby loves hearing about my work and getting involved. And she's often asking me, if there are any more voiceovers I can do, mum? I think she quite likes. She'll be able to put it on her CV when she's older. Um, 
think she really loves being a part a part of that of what I do yeah I think that's happening more and more isn't it we're recognizing that age really doesn't need to come into it if you see a gifting um you know let's use it and I'm seeing more and more um particularly um business mums really getting their their young people into things um we've got a, a lady that did our very first podcast so shout out to Karina Parkin um and her son um made fudge and uh sold fudge and has bought his first drum kit but if Karina hadn't seen that in her son you know that that wouldn't have happened and it's that empowerment I think yeah um Seb has retired at the grand old age of nine from doing (laughs) the uh, final thoughts on the yeah podcast. I've noticed Seb's final thought has been missing yeah I've yes mm. yeah I know but uh, as you said that uh, you know they get to an age don't they and nine obviously is <laughs> you know he's just too old that's to it things yeah. like that <laughs> and done. yet uh, and uh, this is a bit of a, a spoiler he has told me that he is doing the 30th episode and we're going to do it on the word play because he really wants to actually be a guest. So oh, wow. um, I'm quite excited about that. I'm not quite sure practically how we're going to do it. I don't know if we're going to have to do it laptop. Anyway, that's for another day. But getting family involved, you know, they talk about that. It's a, a family feeling. It's a, um, you know, sisters are doing it for themselves and we are family and all that. Yeah. Shaping well, we're going to be doing a fundraiser soon for Rurak Resources to fund the app. And my and my kids are definitely going to be involved. One of them, I've said, you know, can you, one of you needs to man the, the bouncy castle yeah. <laughs> and, and things like that. But I also find that it's it's giving them a platform as a jumping off point for them. So yeah. I, I once, I think it was Lisa Bevere who talked about your your is your children's jumping off point and I've noticed that with my children so Gabriella has been working on a novel for the past two years and she fully expects it to be published because why not mum did it can't be that hard yeah yeah (laughs) um and Bryony loves editing on her little ipad making little animations and things because you know mum's been involved with that can't be that hard and so I love that their expectations are different are different to mine because I've sort of trailblazed away for them so just I was going to use the word circling back I don't like that term but just going back to what you were saying about uh what about me and your part in it and feeling um you know a kind of a loner in the family situation how much do you think actually God might have really used that to bring out your pioneer kind of spirit Oh, this is like therapy, Carol. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, I can either say sorry or I can say we'll pay me later. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. Oh, gosh, I don't I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting because I often think back to um, when I was when I was at a church growing up in church, I loved to sing. But unfortunately, everybody else loved to sing as well. So there was a huge competition on who would get to sing. Mm. And a number of times I sort of tried and 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 was kind of sort of knocked back and then and then the fine and then when I was about 18 or 19 the final time when they were like no sorry there's no room for for you on the singing team at the moment um I ended up organizing this huge event um and we packed the church it was the biggest busiest it had ever been and I put on a, a play um 
with a script that somebody I knew had written called Dan. Um, and we, we packed the church and there were so many people there. And at the end of it, I led the singing. <laughs> and I remember my brother was just like, well, that's just great, Joe. You know, they've said, someone said to you, you can't do it. And you've just gone and made a way. You said I'm flipping like, Ken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I do, I do think, I do think that God has used that in my life as a way of, of when, yeah, when there is no way of me just, just make, making a way when there is no way. And it does mean that it can get quite lonely because I haven't done life the traditional way. Yeah. I haven't gone up the same ladder that everyone else goes up. And I didn't want to, I remember as a teenager being like, I don't want to do things the way everyone else does. Yeah, I yeah, want yeah. to do them differently. Yeah. And I, but I do feel feel the loneliness of that sometimes of of being an entrepreneur and try doing things differently in your own way but at the end of the day um it's I've made things exist that wouldn't have existed if I'd done things the way that everyone else does things and fitted to everybody else's pattern mm, a true creator I mean it, it's that it's that you know um if there's a, a problem finding the solution and if there's no solution creating one it's uh, yeah. it's not for everybody it's not for everybody and again I'm shouting out a lot of people today but shout out to Shell Paris who in our Lions family um did say maybe we should just go and work in a library but the fact is oh, yeah. pioneers can't do that can they Shell is certainly not working in the library she's doing amazing things um and and neither are you and neither am I it's yeah. um uh, no offense to librarians. This is, <laughs> this is yeah, that, really that's true. Because actually, a librarian can um, a complex job. But absolutely, absolutely. But it's just it's, that it was more of a metaphor of something yeah. where you're you're doing what someone else tells you to do, yeah. rather than having to always be. Because you know, I created these 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 resources, but I also have to market them and I have to run them and I have yeah. to do everything else in fault. I can't I can't just create. And actually, I've been lamenting recently how little time I have to actually create during lockdown was an amazing time of creating for me yeah and um, my husband was home more so I had more time to work and I did lots of writing just writing 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 and lots of the writing I did from for Sun School hasn't hasn't even been published yet hasn't they haven't made it into a they haven't made it into a story or a, yet because mm. I wrote I wrote so much during that time so lately I've I've been a bit sad that I haven't been doing as much creating because I've been focusing more on getting the word out about what I have already created yeah and anyone I guess who's self-employed knows what that's like to have to wear every hat yeah um, yeah uh, I don't know if you meant to do it but you have seamlessly segued into um a poem that you're going to read um and I love the poem and you read it to me you know before we recorded this because we weren't sure if it was going to fit with family but um you know, I'd just like to encourage the the listeners to just think about and pinpoint actually how much it 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 does kind of reflect um, family life and and maybe um, you know we'll, we'll go on to talk about friends and and family. So, in your own time, you mentioned to me earlier, Carol, about um, being able to choose friends but not family and it reminded me of this poem that I wrote that was inspired um, by a situation my daughter was facing at school it's about Susan and Annie Susan's friend Annie told her a lie she said she was rich and her rabbit could fly 
Susan said, wow, do you want to play? Come over to my house, come over today. So Annie came over and picked on the cat. She refused to eat dinner and soaked Susan's hat. She stuck out her tongue into a tongue twister. And when Susan cried, Anne blamed Sue's sister. Susan went to show Annie the door. She said to her, no, we can't play anymore. The next day at school, Anne lied again. Susan's house smells, she said to their friends. At playtime, Susan was left all alone. Smelly Susan, they called like a loud megaphone. Annie was cross at Susan's firm snub, so she told her she couldn't join in her new club. It's the best club in school for all the cool girls. But Annie said Susan had too many curls. Susan was shut out and left in the cold. Susan thought, I only did as was told. Choose your friends wisely, her mother would say. Well, look where that got me, she thought with dismay. It went on for a day. It went on for a week. No one would play with her, not even speak. Susan wept, but nobody cared. Please help me, God, she cried in despair. Who loves you, who loves you most, her mother would ask. You, Dad, and Jesus, she said super fast. Then that's whose opinion matters the most. You don't have to listen to others who boast. Then one day Annie was missing from class. And the next and the next, a whole week went past. Nobody knew where she'd been all week. But when she came back, her face looked bleak. Something quite bad must have happened at home. But Annie stayed silent and played all alone. She didn't want to join in any game. The cool club was closed. It wasn't the same. None of her old friends knew what to do, so they simply ignored her, except for our Sue. Susan felt bad for her classmates' distress and paid her a compliment on her nice dress. Annie broke down into tears and cried. Out came those feelings she held deep inside. Susan gave Annie the biggest of hugs and said, it's okay to cry, I won't judge. Annie confessed it had been a bad week. Her daddy left home while she was asleep. He'd not said goodbye except in a letter and nothing her mum said could make her feel better. So bad dreams had come at night in her bed. She felt so scared of the thoughts in her head. Please don't laugh, Annie begged Sue. If you did, I wouldn't know what to do. Let's be friends, Susan agreed. We'll start a new club, she firmly decreed. Why are you nice to me, Annie replied. I've been so mean to you. Susan just smiled. We all need a friend, especially when we feel like we'll never be happy again. I forgive you for every mean thing that you said and even for drenching the hat on my head. I know what it feels like to be all alone. So let's be friends. Will you come to my home? It's lovely to have Jo talking so openly about family. If you're wanting to be part of the Ray's family, then do join our Facebook group, Ray's Raising Confidence Inspiring Creativity Community. That's over on Facebook. Or find us on Instagram or our website www.raiseforall.com to find out more of what we're doing. Back to the episode. Ah, oh, Joe, that's ace. That's so ace, and it's so nice because I do think um, I know that not every single podcast episode is family um, friendly, and that's fine. That's okay. But it's nice to know that there are some. Um, where even little bits um, of the podcast um, children can listen to as well. So I do um, encourage those people listening that have got children um, to get them to just listen to that. But if nothing else, um, 
because that poem just speaks volumes, doesn't it? Again, there'll be listeners today that are nodding their heads going, yep, I was Susan or I was Annie. Um, Those two girls represent um, such a wide spectrum of friendship and also that kind of uh, that family um, kind of orientation, because although the girls were not family, actually Susan was more family to Annie than perhaps her dad was at that very moment. Um, And that's a kind of an interesting take on it, isn't it? Because they say you can't choose your your family. I wonder, though, um, how much God uses our family, whether we find it easy or not. Um, Yes. You know, we talked earlier on about your, you know, what about me and how God's kind of actually used that to to shape your life. Tell me a little bit about your place in God's family, Jo. Um, well, I guess, um, I guess I believe that God is, is my heavenly father, right? That I am adopted into his family, into the family of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Um, and that, that's what it, it means to be, um, born again, really is to be part of that new family. You're given a new name, a new identity as a child of God, um, given a new citizenship as um, and, and as part of the kingdom of heaven not just not just wherever country we're from um given an inheritance as well that um that everything that Jesus died for was so that I could have freedom and um the blessings from heaven and love from father, my father and acceptance and all those good things you get all of that when you are a part of God's family um yeah, and that's my, and I, there's a Bible verse in John, it's one, is it 14 or 16 that just said the, you know, the lights come into the world and, and the, the, not the, the world hasn't all accepted it. The lot of the world has rejected Jesus. who came into the world, rejected the light, but to those who did believe he gave them the right to become children of God. And it, things that strikes me is the bit that says the right, you know, I do believe that we're all here because God has made us and given us life, but we don't all own the the rights to being a child of God. We don't all have that freedom and that and the blessings from God because we don't know about them or we haven't sort of accepted accepted that. But once you have faith in Jesus, you, the door to heaven is just wide open, and all of the blessings from heaven are freely available. I'm mumbling a bit now. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's being ad- adopted into that family, and I personally can't talk about um, adoption, and I think probably we'll need to have another podcast episode on that. I know, um, you know, in terms of family, that's a a very um, different kind of road that people walk and travel, and, yeah. and story that they have to tell. Um, but but as as a Christian myself, that idea of being chosen by God and and asked to be in his family and accepted into his family whether I feel like I kind of fit in or belong or not is yes um, and being given all the same rights as a as G as a family member <laughs> as as Jesus yeah that's kind of the thing that really strikes out to me 
yeah and I said right at the, the top of this you know that it is we are on the on the jubilee weekend and and actually I do I've always loved the idea that um you know we're we're it's a kind of a royal priesthood and that we we can be seen as kind of the kings and queens and princes and princesses I've always loved that I mean don't get me wrong people have always said that I'm a princess <laughs> but um you know that, that in some way I can can say that as as God as the king and in the kingdom you know we we we're part of that and that's um that's that's very exciting um I actually years ago with my uh my school choir and a wonderful friend um Ruth Hutton Searle wrote a song called Wear Your Crown with Pride and we wrote it for the Queen's 90th birthday um and uh I do believe there's something I mean there's some wonderful memes aren't there about fix your crown and and keep moving on kind of thing yeah um and that idea of um for, for us as Christians like being part of royalty and even those that don't believe at all that idea of of being able to kind of fix your fix your crown and and move on and and be something really really be be part of something bigger and and amazing is uh, exciting and it going right back to that you know what about me it's it's that bit isn't it it's well yeah you are you are loved you are valued whoever you are whatever you believe you are yeah. important I'd like to touch back on something you said about how um you can't choose your family but but that God uses that and that events in your life and I think my belief is any community uh, any part of the community you are part of and family is is a community you didn't choose and is so it brings out the best and it brings out the worst mm. but and I but I believe that's the point I believe that's actually a good thing ultimately I think sometimes we are all searching for the perfect community where everything will be lovely and perfect and nobody will ever criticize us or hurt us or offend us but actually the reality of community is that it's messy and that people mess up and we do hurt each other and we do let each other down and we do um, disappoint each other. But real family, real community, real growth happens when, when we respond to that without rejecting, without pushing away, mm. but kind of lean into that and actually say, okay, you know what? You've let me down, but I'm going to love you anyway because we're family. Um, and then your relationship just goes to a whole new level and as a person we can grow and mature to a whole new level than if we just you know pushed everybody away every single time anyone hurt us or let us down or disappoint us because that that's the way to learn learn loneliness really so yeah the role of family I think is a double-edged coin and I do write about this in looking for love because about in terms of marriage because that's you know the start of a family isn't it Mm. we all think we're all looking for the perfect partner the perfect spouse the perfect person to spend your life with and the minute they do something wrong you think oh no I've obviously found the wrong person or something's gone wrong or but maybe that's actually just part of it and learning how to move through that and how to forgive and how to love someone despite their flaws is actually what makes what makes true family and actually that that's the only way I think we're ever gonna develop safe communities and good communities where we actually help each other because if we all just keep switching and swapping looking for the perfect one like I flew away from my family looking for a better one but at the end of the day um 
my family are there no matter what. If yeah. I have a birthday party, my family will be the ones that show up, even if nobody else does, because they're the ones who are just always there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's, it's important to just touch on the fact that for some people, family is is not yeah. a place that's safe for them. And yes. um, and that in those situations, what we're talking about is is very different as there's, there's definitely a, a need to to you know get help and leave and yes. do all those things um and we're not we're not really talking about those situations today but i think it's important to you know notice them identify them more than ever how difficult family situations can be um and yes you're right yeah yeah but but also um yeah that and and that for some people community does really become their family but i think you're so right about what you said about you know kind of seeing the the good in those in the lighter situations and and being able to work through it because actually family is the the first time you get to do that isn't it they're the first yeah. people that you have those encounters with yes. um well, I remember a couple used to come to our house to play games. And there was one night where we had such a row because I blocked her in home game and that we were playing Settlers of Catan and she swore at me. Mm-hmm. And when they left the house, I said, Johnny, maybe we shouldn't invite them around for games anymore. And he was like, why not? They're our friends. It's like, yeah, but yeah, but I won and she hated me for it. I'm like, so we're friends. We'll invite them around for games. And it was a real revelation to me that... Um, <laughs> that yeah so I'm not talking about if violent situations yeah, yeah, yeah. or unhealthy situations Absolutely, yeah I guess I'm talking about those situations where we have a choice to take offense yeah and cut someone off or to forgive and actually take that friendship to the next level and say Do you know what? we can play games with each, with each other and get mad and swear yeah. at each other and I'm still going to be your friend <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah so we always have a challenge on the podcast so the challenge this week is who are your family? And when you get to that point where you say, what about me? Who is it that steps in and says, you're valuable, you're important, you belong? Have a think about that. And why don't you encourage that person that's done that for you? Because that's how we need to work together. We need to just come together like we're family, even if in so many situations, we're not blood related. We come to the part now where I write a poem for our guest. It's slightly intimidating seeing as you are an author published many times and I am not in any way. <laughs> but, and also, have you ever tried rhyming the word family? But now I've done all my excuses. <laughs> we'll give it a will. Family, those people that made me, those people that said, you are here and so are we. A community, a group of people that share, that care, that swear. When should we Forgive, how will that help us to live? Let's stand together, let's prepare 
to help each other to find our where, where we belong, where we can be, where we no longer have to say, what about me? There you go. I didn't have to rhyme family. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, you did. You did a good job there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So thank you so much um, for this morning. Thank you for your friendship, for being part of my Lions family and my journey. Um, again, just to the listeners, just think about who it is that that answers your what about me and do thank them and encourage them. And also remember that you are part of the Rays family, you're part of the Rays community um, and you are valued and, and loved. And if you need to reach out and ask where your part in this world is, please do that. Please get in touch with Jo. We'll put all her details in the show notes, the books and website and everything. And have a lovely Jubilee weekend. And if you're listening to this after the Jubilee weekend, we hope you had a wonderful time. Um, our love to the Queen. And thank you very much for listening. Thanks, Joe. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Raise podcast. We hope you feel raised and inspired by this episode. Whilst we're not offering face-to-face -face classes currently, we are doing online singing lessons where you can have your voice raised as well as your confidence. If you would like to find out more, please visit our website at www.raiseforall.com or find us on social media on either our Facebook or Instagram page. Take care.